Have you ever wondered why exactly it is that things usually sound better at home than they do on stage, in auditions, or even in lessons? It's easy to chalk it up to nerves or assume that you just have to practice more or get more performance experience. And sure, those things certainly are part of the puzzle, but a lot of times that's not really the true root cause. If you've been confused by the inconsistency of your performances, I put together a free four-minute quiz called the Mental Skills Audit, which will help you pinpoint your mental strengths and weaknesses and figure out what exactly to adjust and tweak in your preparation for more consistently optimal performances. You can take the Mental Skills Audit online at bulletproofmusician.com MSA. That's MSA for Mental Skills Audit. And again, it's 100% free, and it'll take just four minutes to get your results emailed to you as a PDF. This is Noah Kageyama, and you're listening to the Bulletproof Musician Podcast. Every Sunday morning, we'll take a look at a new research-based tip or technique to help you practice more effectively or perform better under pressure. And on the first Sunday of every month, I'll have a guest from the music, sport, or research world who will share their insights on how we can all be a little more awesome in the practice room and on stage. As much as I enjoy a tidy, nicely made bed, Actually making the darn thing every morning is one of those activities in life that often feels like a questionable use of time. I mean, it's going to get unmade anyway the next evening, right? Socks, or more accurately, their seeming proclivity for ditching their partners, are another time-sucking black hole in our lives. Of course, not all shortcuts are better, but spending more time on something than is necessary does seem like a waste when there are so many other meaningful and interesting outlets for our time and energy. So whenever it's possible to do more in less time with less effort, I get really excited. Which brings us to memorization, which is probably everyone's least favorite thing to do ever, but also one of many musicians' biggest sources of worry and anxiety. So usually when we ask questions about memorization, it's oriented around the issue of effectiveness, as in what memorization strategy will result in the most durable memory abolishing memory slips forevermore. Unfortunately, there doesn't seem to be a 100% guaranteed memory slip-proof system quite yet, but there is another question regarding memory that we probably ought to be asking as well, and that's the question of efficiency, as in what strategy will help us memorize music most quickly. Obviously, we prefer a strategy that is both efficient and effective, but an effective strategy that takes forever isn't much good to us either. In a study of pianists, for instance, working on the Bach D minor prelude and fugue, it took an average of 14 hours to memorize the piece, but some pianists memorized the piece in less than 10 hours, while others needed almost 20 hours, which is a pretty big difference. So are some people just born better at memorizing than others? Or are the fastest memorizers simply doing something different than the slower folks? Researcher and violist Jennifer Mishra recruited 60 university-level instrumentalists and asked them to memorize a short 36-measure exercise, taking however much time they needed. Then she selected the four fastest memorizers and the four slowest memorizers, all of whom were able to successfully play the exercise from memory and analyzed how they approached the task. It turns out that the musicians used four basic strategies— She called these strategies holistic, additive, segmented, and serial, more on that in a second, 
and found that the fastest memorizers relied more on the holistic and additive strategies, while the slowest memorizers tended to use these segmented and serial strategies. So what do those strategies look like exactly? Well, holistic would be starting at the beginning and playing straight through to the end, backtracking only a tiny bit if you make a mistake or have a memory slip. The additive strategy would be starting at the beginning and memorizing an initial segment of the piece, then progressively adding a little more music to the first bit until the initial segment grows larger and larger and eventually contains the whole piece. Segmented would be breaking the whole piece into chunks, memorizing the chunks in isolation, and then trying to link the chunks together into a whole. And serial would be starting at the beginning and playing until you make a mistake, at which point you rewind back to the beginning and give it another go, hoping that you can get further the next time. All very intriguing, of course, but from this data alone, it's not really clear if the fastest memorizers were faster because of their use of these strategies, or if it was just because they were better memorizers to begin with. So Mishra ran another study to systematically test the effectiveness of these four strategies. 40 music education majors were asked to memorize a 16-measure exercise and randomly were assigned to one of four groups. One group used the holistic strategy, the second group used the segmented strategy, the third used the serial strategy, and the fourth used the additive strategy. Once the participants were able to successfully perform the 16-bar exercise without any memory errors, they were put through a five-minute distraction task designed to encourage a little bit of forgetting. Then they were asked to perform the 16-bar passage again to see how much of the music they could still recall and successfully play from memory. Any guesses as to which strategy was the most efficient? Well, it's important to remember that a short 16-measure exercise and an entire concerto or Bach cello suite are two very different things, and memorizing something in the short term and being able to recall it perfectly under pressure after more than just a five-minute break is quite a different challenge as well. Nevertheless, the study suggests that some strategies do seem to be more efficient than others. The holistic strategy led the pack with an average memorization time of 39.2 minutes, which was significantly faster than the segmented strategy at 58.49 minutes and the serial strategy at 58.5 minutes. If you were pulling for the additive strategy, that seemed to work pretty well too, at about 46 minutes. Of course, memorizing music isn't a race, usually anyway, and the point is to maximize the durability of our memory so as to prevent memory slips in the future. So while the segmented and serial strategy may have taken longer, could the extra time have been worth it? Like maybe they made fewer errors on the final run-through, even though it did take them longer to get the music memorized. Well, as it turns out, maybe not so much. All four groups made a comparable number of mistakes when trying to play the passage from memory after the five-minute break, and neither the segmented or serial groups displayed any advantage from the extra time they spent memorizing the passage. It's possible that the results could have shifted if the musicians were tested again a day later or a week later, but at least in the short term, with a relatively short chunk of music, the holistic strategy seems to be the most efficient of the four. So what are we to take away from all of this? Well, for me, the two big takeaways are, one, seems like it would be helpful to encourage students to play through larger, meaningful sections of a piece so they can get a sense of the overall structure and how things fit together as in the holistic strategy, rather than stopping and circling all the way back to the beginning every time they run into a snag, as in the serial strategy. 
It also sounds like memorization should definitely be an active process. Simply engaging in mindless repetition of a chunk of music over and over, hoping that it will stick, is not an especially efficient or effective way of committing music to memory. So if a student is going to memorize a piece in chunks, as in the segmented strategy, it's probably worth taking the time to identify chunks that are musically and structurally meaningful, not just some arbitrary two-bar or five-bar block of notes. So it's not specific to this particular practice hack, but today's studies got me thinking about why it is that some students like playing their instruments, but seem allergic to practicing, or really resist performing and get really anxious days or even weeks before a concert. I remember feeling a lot of resistance towards practicing for most of my childhood years, and inconsistent, hit-or-miss performances and auditions were pretty much the norm, too. In hindsight, it wasn't until I started incorporating tiny changes in my daily practice like this memorization hack from today's research that practicing started to become something that felt more positive and rewarding, even borderline fun. Because for once, I started to see tangible results on a day-to-day basis, which was a huge boost to my confidence, which in turn made me want to practice more, crazy as that sounds given my past history of practice avoidance. All this to say, if you're an educator and have students who struggle with practice motivation, experience distressing levels of anxiety around performing, and get discouraged with how they sound on stage, it may not be that these students are unmotivated or uncommitted. It might just be that practicing and performing makes them feel kind of crummy. If adding a few new tools to your teaching toolbox while connecting with a community of thoughtful, curious, like-minded educators from around the world to share notes on how to make these techniques work for students at all ages and levels ability sounds like it'd be a fun thing to do this summer. You might be interested in the live online five-session class starting next week in mid-July. In addition to live Zoom sessions where we'll explore effective practice skills and strategies for managing nerves and getting in the zone, there'll be worksheets and activities to try, small and large group mastermind sessions, and Q&As all spread out in a manageable sort of way so it doesn't get too overwhelming. Teachers who've participated in this class before have reported seeing some really gratifying changes in their students. So if you're a tiny bit intrigued, you can see what they're saying and get all the dates and details at bulletproofmusician.com educators. Registration begins today, July 10th, and runs through Sunday, July 17th at midnight. Feel free to email me if you have questions at noah at bulletproofmusician.com. And if I don't hear from you, I hope to see you in the group. 